Welcome to another episode of the Bandage Podcast, a weekly wrap-up of the most trending healthcare news. Each week, we'll discuss the latest in healthcare, health IT, and compliance. In this week's episode, we discuss hazards at water parks, overdose deaths increasing due to antidote supply issues, and a mysterious deadly disease from the tropics. Let's wrap things up. This is episode 97 for the week of August 9th. I'm Matt Moneypenny. And I'm Kaylee McDevitt. Before we get started, our diagnosis code of the week is T67.5XXS or heat exhaustion, unspecified sequela. You know, Kaylee, heat exhaustion is an appropriate medical diagnosis code for this week because it was like 104 degrees yesterday and it was humid. You know, I think you're right, except for the fact that I didn't go outside, so I wouldn't know, but that sounds <laughs> correct. Yeah, I try to stay on the ins- on the inside during August, especially. Once those cicadas come out and you hear that sound, you know that it's going to be hot as hell outside. I'm actually 100% positive cicadas don't come up this far north. <laughs> Wait, you haven't heard the noise? I could also be deaf now that I'm thinking back on it. <laughs> oh, I don't oh. think I listen to things. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you know, hopefully it seems like this diagnosis code isn't a, uh, a uh, worry for you because you stay inside. So, you know, maybe if you're worried about getting heat exhaustion and you're listening to this podcast, make sure you follow her advice and stay indoors all the time. Yes. Never socialize. Just be a homebody. Don't talk mm-hmm. to anyone, you mm-hmm. know. It's how you have to live your life. Oh, yeah. Anyways, let's get into the news. First up, we have Water Park Endangered Children. An indoor children's water park at the former Lifeplex gym will not reopen anytime soon, officials said. Rockland Department of Health inspectors shut down the park on July 27th after documenting unsafe and unsatisfactory conditions. Inspectors found exposed wiring and electrical cords near inflatable slides and water, construction debris and hazardous materials, and tripping hazards like drains, piping, and electrical cords. This all occurred while hundreds of children were at the park. The report also noted that there were no certified lifeguards on duty despite 280 girls and 18 staffers from a camp using the inflatables. The operators also lacked a permit to operate the inflatable water slides and pools under the state and county sanitary codes. The organization and the owner of the park are due in court on August 17th to answer for the violations whoa this uh this is bad how did i wonder how long this was going on for because i mean this is like the worst you could get from a water park perspective like hey this is an electrical cord let's just put it in the water maybe let's just see what happens what do you mean i literally sent my child there i don't i don't understand (laughs) why it's bad am i am i missing something wait you have uh you first of all you have a a kid (laughs) yeah i don't (laughs) I, don't, I, keep, I keep it a secret. Yeah, <laughs> That's why I'm sending it to dangerous known, water parks. <laughs> but you know. <laughs> uh yeah. So I don't I mean that I don't know what's gonna happen to this the people who ran this, but uh nothing good. I, there's no way that they can't get uh penalized for something like this because it doesn't get any worse. You got the electrical cords, you got the piping and the drains, you got hazardous materials, which we don't even know what that is construction debris where it's like is that is there just a piece of drywall just chilling in the pool and no one's doing anything about it and there's no lifeguards what the heck that's like that's like rule number one whoa 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 there were lifeguards they just weren't certified i think that's Ah. 
if you read between the lines there. Ah, uh, maybe you're right. You're right. You're right. So an uncertified lifeguard. So really, are there even lifeguards if they're uncertified? Okay, you got me there. <laughs> I don't, I haven't, you know, brushed up on my lifeguard. Yeah. So we really will never know. <laughs> I haven't brushed up on my lifeguard. I haven't read the latest version of the lifeguard encyclopedia book. Yeah, that manual, I threw it out just yesterday. I should have saved it. You should have. All right, let's get into overdose storm brewing. An affordable antidote for opioid overdoses has become more difficult to obtain amid a fatal drug epidemic and what advocates have called a perfect storm with deadly consequences. After a manufacturing issue halted Pfizer's production of the single-dose injectable naloxone in April, groups that distribute a significant amount of the life-saving medicine say that they're facing an unprecedented obstacle to reverse drug overdoses as they reach an all-time high. Pfizer said it may take until February before it can meet demand again. Without supply organizations such as Utah Naloxone must weigh which facilities, including libraries and treatment centers, will no longer stock the antidote. An associate professor of pediatrics at the University of Utah estimated that without the life-saving naloxone on hand, hundreds of overdoses every year would end in death. Some dun, dun, dun. Very deep. Very so there deep. is a storm brewing in this instance. So basically what's happening is Pfizer's production of injectable naloxone is coming to a halt um, because of a manufacturing issue. And basically that's going to have a supply and demand issue. It's just simple economics, Kaylee. It's just supply and demand. So, you know, the supply is going to get smaller and the demand is going to continue to stay the same, which means in this case, because it deals with overdoses, people are going to die, which is sad. Yes. I think death in general is very saddening, but especially mm -hmm. when it comes to something that seems like it could be easily fixed. And I agree that economics course I took two classes of supply and mm -hmm. demand, you know, oh, yeah. elasticity no of demand. Here. Yep. Yeah, no, there's nothing good. It's bad. Uh, I don't, I wonder what the manufacturing issue was. I wonder if Pfizer's just focusing more on the vaccine than anything else. And that is gonna have some residual effects on their supply chain overall because they're just pushing all of their resources to the COVID vaccine because that's all the rage right now, if you haven't heard. Um, well, so yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't call it a rage, but it is quite unfortunate that they can't spread out the resources, especially since the opioid crisis has been going on for as long as it has. You would think that they would find a way to distribute evenly, but right. again, we don't know what the manufacturing issue is, so. yeah. No, it's a good point. You raise a good point. Next up, death from the tropics. A rare tropical disease remains the subject of an ongoing investigation by health officials after the recent death of a Georgia man. The man was the fourth in the U.S. this year to be diagnosed with meliodiosis, a disease caused by bacteria that lives in soil and water, according to a statement issued by the CDC. Typically, the disease is found in South Asia. However, none of the patients diagnosed with the disease in the U.S. reported traveling abroad. So far, domestic cases have been documented in Georgia, Kansas, Minnesota, and Texas. Two of the cases proved fatal. Currently, the CDC believes that the most likely cause is an imported product such as a food or drink, personal care or cleaning products, or medicine. Most children who get melodiosis do not have risk factors. People experiencing cough, chest pain, high fever, headache, or unexplained weight loss should see their doctor. 
Yeah, so this, you know, anything that comes up with a new disease or a rare form of a disease um, is especially scary right now because of COVID. Um, and, you know, I would be very unfortunate if another pandemic just ended up happening out of nowhere because of some interesting disease that came from the tropics that was carried over in some sort of food. No, I agree. And again, children don't have to worry about it because they're busy at water parks, but this would be nice. a thank you. Yeah, they're busy at the dangerous water parks. They're not worried about meliodosis. Yeah, I uh, I wonder what, what they're going to find is the product or personal care or anything that's coming from overseas. Um, it also is kind of crazy that the all of the symptoms are almost very similar to COVID other than the weight loss thing, which you know, oh, unexplained same. weight loss. I feel like most people will be like, oh, I've got a fever and a cold, but I'm losing weight. So it's like, oh, this isn't so bad. But then it seems like it is actually a pretty bad disease. Well, I think unfortunately, as we expand and as our economy keeps growing and we keep importing from different places, I think it's only going to get worse. And mm -hmm. especially with the amount of import we take in from Asia. I mean, it's not shocking. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you make a good point. As always, Kaylee, you make a good point. I mean, I don't want to say I'm an economics person or expert, but maybe I'm an economics expert. Um, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind the weight loss, but the, the rest of it doesn't seem fantastic, you know? Right. Just, just not, not great, especially during this time when Fear is high with the Delta variant. Mm -hmm. so. mm -hmm. Interest, interesting places where this is uh, you know, being found. Yeah, time will tell what happens. And with that, let's go to our next segment. B-R-E-A-C-H. Breach Patrol. It's a breach! All of the latest cybersecurity breaches. Welcome to Breach Patrol. We talk about the latest breaches all across the world. Take it away, Kaylee. What do we got? We have St. Joseph's slash Candler ransomware attack. On August 10th, St. Joseph's slash Candler announced that it experienced a data security incident that may have resulted in unauthorized access to patient employee information. On June 17th, 2021, they identified suspicious activity in its IT network and immediately took steps to isolate and secure its systems. It was determined that the incident resulted in a ransomware attack. The hospital cannot rule out the possibility that files containing information may have included individual social security numbers, driver's license numbers, billing account numbers, financial information, medical records, and more may have been leaked. St. Joseph Candler is offering notified individuals complimentary credit monitoring and identity protection services. So, Kaylee, I got to tell you, this is the first time you've been on this podcast, but we have a ransomware attack pretty much every every single week, and it's always on a healthcare organization because it's such a big deal do you know what ransomware is yes it's okay. when this is my definition so okay nobody actually take it seriously it's when a person or a group mm -hmm. retrieves information that can mm -hmm. contain per mm -hmm. hold on hold on let me rephrase mm -hmm. let me rephrase sure. because you know being an expert, I want to make sure that I am correct. Right. What I'm saying. Right. Right. An individual or a group of people steals personal identification or financial records and then use that as leverage to 
gain some sort of I don't want to say financial because maybe it's not always no, financial. No, yeah, it's usually always financial. Ransom. Ransom should have given that way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep, yep. Yeah, so no, that was good. Game. That was Thank good. You. Oh my yeah. god. Well done. Well done. You are an expert cybersecurity person already. Um, so yeah, these happen all the time, especially with healthcare, because healthcare organizations, as we know, work with some of the most sensitive information in the world being PHI or protected health information. Um, what's crazy is it's always people lose their social security numbers, driver's license numbers, billing account numbers, financial information, medical records. So pretty much the worst information, all the information that you have as a person who went to this hospital for an operation or a checkup or something like that is now at risk, um, which is very unfortunate. The good thing is that, you know, one of the things that they need to do, and a lot of times what we see with these ransomware attacks is the organization who's experiencing the breach offers complimentary credit monitoring and identi identity protection services. And the cool thing is, is it's usually free. I mean, obviously they're trying to help as much as they can because they're the problem in this instance. But the problem is, is that this identity protection service usually only lasts like 12 months. So it's, it's like not that great. Only 12 months? A whole yeah. year? Mm-hmm. Oh. But, you know, if I was a hacker, Kaylee, let me tell you, if I, you know, mm -hmm. was the person who hacked this organization and by law, this organization, because of the breach, I imagine since it's a hospital system, it's going to have more than 500 individuals. They have to notify the media, which in this case they did because it's a press release. So in that press release, St. Joseph's Candler may have put how long the credit monitoring service lasts. So if I'm the hacker, I'm going to wait until that credit monitoring service is expired because then I, I imagine most people won't pay for it after that. And then I'll start using and selling the information. Right. So you're an evil genius. I see. Yeah. I'm a very diabolical person. Well, that's what you got to do when you think about breaches. You got to think about what's the bad actor going to do, you know? Well, at this point, I, I don't think they're an actor. I think they're just a bad character in general. But <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't think they're acting like a hacker. I think <laughs> they, they may be an they may be a hacker. I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> just thinking think, out loud here. I don't think they're acting, Matt. <laughs> if they are I, acting, though, maybe I, they get an Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> I just think they're a bad person, Matt. I don't <laughs> think they're an actor. You putting actors in the same vein as a hacker is is not good, Matt. <laughs> no, it's, it's not great. I, I think I think there's a big difference. Although some actors are bad, so it's true. That's true. It might be Nicolas Cage who uh, you know attacked this hospital. I mean, what else is he doing? He's not starring in any more movies, so. <laughs> He's got all the time in the world, really. He happens to be a bad actor, <laughs> arguably. <laughs> I, I, I never had anybody make that connection before. That's hilarious. <laughs> national treasure is a national treasure. It, yeah, I was just going to say that. <laughs> that one is a national treasure. I will agree. Oh, good. Next up, investigation for dermatology data breach. Emerson announced that it's continuing its investigation regarding the data breach at Forefront Dermatology on behalf of 2.4 plus million affected patients. Forefront identified an intrusion into its IT systems on June 4th, 2021 and launched an investigation. The breach data possibly includes personal identifying information, including but not limited to names, addresses, 
patient account numbers, health insurance numbers, and medical records. Forefront began notifying affected patients of the data breach. So 2.4 million people affected in this. Um, it seems like, you know, this is kind of like a, a breach that happened a while ago and was announced and the there hasn't been any new information that came out. So the company that's investigating the breach is like, hey, we're still looking into this. Uh, you know, we haven't forgotten about you. Hopefully you're sticking around and keeping updated on this. So that either means two things. Number one, the healthcare or the, the organization is, is like not be doing their due diligence, which I hope that isn't it. And number two, the breach was very complicated and they haven't been able to figure out what the person was doing. Right. And thank goodness it's only 2.4 plus million. So right. really they can, they can take their time. Right. Yeah. There's no time is not at the essence here. You know, just, just gotta do what you gotta do. Right. You know, it's a walk in the park. Um, I think, you know, it's probably the latter of the of the two scenarios that I said, because 2.4 million people affected. That's a lot to try to re remedy and go through and look at what happened and see who was affected and identify and reach out to all those patients and, and say, hey, your stuff, uh, you know, it was breached. Well, no, not just their stuff. Pretty, pretty serious things. But I, I see your valid point. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. That's unwell, as I said. Unwell. <laughs> yes. People come to the hospital and it's unwell for their because they're feeling unwell, and then this unwell thing happens to them. Yep. Well, dermatology is not just feeling unwell, you know. Some people just want to spruce up their face. That's true. Very true. Other things. I <laughs> I'm going to look up what a dermatologist is after this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get into one in four companies using Microsoft suffered security breach. A study from Hornet Security examined email security levels and concerns among businesses using Microsoft 365. The survey of 420 plus businesses found that 23% of them reported an email related security breach. Of these security breaches, 36% were caused by phishing attacks targeting end users. 54% of all respondents said that they have yet to implement conditional access rules, along with multi-factor authentication, which prevents users from logging into their accounts from unsecure networks. 33% of respondents are also yet to implement multi-factor authentication across all users. So this is interesting. Um, you know, what's what's very interesting is originally when I read the headline, my head went, well, of course, that many companies got breached because so many companies use Microsoft 365 for their business. But mm -hmm. what's scary is it's only 420 around maybe 430 businesses in this survey. And a third, uh, a quarter of them were the ones breached. So that means that the population was so small that if you were to scale this up, it would be like in the millions or billions of businesses. That's a, that's scary. I mean, I just, I don't understand why there were no necessary precautions taken. It's Look true. at this. You it know, it could be a matter. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. You, you, you take it away. <laughs> it could be a matter of, there's not enough, maybe, you know, maybe Microsoft has the features to help organizations 
secure their environment, but maybe they're a little bit hands off with it and don't necessarily make it super available for them. Um, or, you know, maybe it's not even Microsoft's fault. Maybe it just so happens that the businesses that use Microsoft 365 are the most likely to also not care as much about cybersecurity, right? Um, it's one of the things that needs to happen though, is that all of these organizations need to set up multi-factor authentication because that is like the number one way to avoid getting your account hacked. Right. And if we really think about it, that should be the first step. Everyone needs to know about these, especially as we become more digitized, you know, we really need to be watching out for this. People need to make sure that they're taking every step necessary to not have this happen to them. Phishing attacks, really easy to avoid. Don't click on anything. If you don't recognize the email address, don't right. click on it. Right. Exactly. You make sure that you're the only one logging into your account. Well said. Thanks. Oh I my gosh. Yep. Cybersecurity expert Kaylee coming in. You're welcome. That's what I'm here for. And that's it for this week's wrap up of your weekly healthcare news. I'm Matt Moneypenny. And I'm Kaylee McDevitt. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Bandage Podcast produced by eTactics.